podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We are in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet, the charity fighting knife crime with ice skating all over the UK. And we are in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. ZPG listeners get a 10% discount on everything on hockeyartco.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. Metal fans, keep your eyes on their socials as there will very soon be a jersey giveaway with the Hockey Art Co. Metallica jersey. Right, this is episode 49. It's pretty stacked episode, just a one game from Saturday to cover, but a full programme Sunday with all eight teams in action. And as ever, there is unpredictability afoot. We've got the reports from Slough versus Streatham, and then Romford versus Oxford, MK versus Slough, Chieftains versus Solent, and Streatham versus Invicta. We've got the exclusive coach's thoughts, the ZPG player of the week, and then we have our guest, Slough Jets D-man Charlie Otterwell. At just 20 years old, Charlie is currently on his second NIHL season, so we'll discuss his junior career, him taking a short break from the game before returning, his work at Ozone Hockey, plus every player's favourite subject, mullets and moustaches. Let's get cracking on those match reports then and get started on Saturday night at the Hangar. The champions were in town in west of Heathrow Airport as the Jets came down to land after their four-point weekend last week and the Red Hawks looked to bounce back from a defeat at the Oxpens. The Red Hawks survived an early penalty kill after Martin sat for two for roughing on 6.03 but took the lead on 11.01 when JJ Pitchley and Harvey Briggs assisted Brandon Miles for 1-0. Shortly after the goal, Josh Ely Newman took a hooking penalty on 12-22 and the power play of the Slough Jets' Holy Trinity struck as Christian Moore and Jack Goodchild assisted last week's Player of the Week, Seb Moore, for 1-1 on 13-06. Into the second and the Red Hawks came out fast and retook the lead even-handed on 22-56 when Miles assisted Callum Burnett for his first Streatham goal. The visitors extended their lead to 3-1 on 29.03 when Miles got his third point of the evening joining Toombs on the Apples for Harvey Briggs, whose recent performances have deserved a goal. Straight from the restart, the champions struck again with D-man Callum Burnett on target again, assist to Inglesby and Martin, 4-1 on 29.36. Slough called a timeout and Smittle's word sunk in quickly as the Holy Trinity struck again, this time the Moore boys laying on for the massively informed Jack Goodchild. 4-2 at 30-50. Seconds later, it was a one-goal game after Seb Moore went unassisted on 32-26 for 4-3. The game swung back the way of the visitors after Inglesby assisted Beasley for 5-3 on 34-23. Into the third and the Jets soared onto the ice and brought it back to a one-goal game again as Lindgren and Erskine assisted Lewis English to make it 5-4 on 41-19. After Himmer and Ross and Harvey Briggs exchanged slashing penalties on 43-28, the visitors extended their lead on 45-49 after Miles and Pitchley assisted Ewan Hill for 6-4 even-handed. Slough were unable to capitalise on a power play after Miles sat for two for roughing on 51-24 and on 58-28, 
They pulled Massey for the extra man. Beasley made them pay, pay, slotting an empty netter on 58-56, making the final score Slough Jets 4, Red Hawks 7. Goodchild and Briggs take the beers for man of the match. After that incredibly entertaining game, we head to Sunday in our first full programme of the season, starting at Sapphire Ice in Romford. A return to Buccaneers action for last season's star man TJ Anderson seemed to put a bit of a spring in the step of the home side as they started fast and pressured Oxford, forcing early saves from Petacek. After the Stars managed to kill an eighth-minute penalty, the home side did take the lead on 12.53 when Joe Tamarlin stole in and made it 1-0 to the Buccaneers. The first ended 1-0, but Czech was by far the busier of the two netties. Into the second, and the game continued in the same vein, and after a bit of 50, 50 cuffs saw Robinson for Romford and Hatfield for Stars both take a seat on 24 minutes, it seemed to boost the home side as they extended their lead through TJ Anderson, 2-0 on 27-16. Shortly after that goal, Sam Austin got two for slashing on 29-14 and Oxford took the game by the scruff of the neck, scoring first through Williams on the power play and then quickly equalising through Bundock, both in a matter of seconds. On 33-42, the home side retook the lead when exciting youngster Brindley Caps scored to make it 3-2. But the Stars replied in kind again with a rocket from Stevens just a few seconds later to make it 3-3. Oxford Howard had a power play chance after Pascali got two for cross-checking on 34-48, but were unable to break down the Romford penalty kill line. On 36-30, Mitchell took two for boarding for Oxford, and on that power play, Romford stole back their lead again through brotherly retribution as Marco Pascali made it 4-3 on 38-18, power play goal. The Bucks had to kill an early penalty in the third after Anderson was pulled for tripping on 40-57, but on his return to the ice, he scored again to make it 5-3 on 43-06. Creeping towards the final 10 minutes and Romford put the tie to bed when Tom Wilson smashed home for 6-3. The final 10 saw penalties exchanged and a few handbags, but ultimately a professional performance from the Bucks as the Stars weren't able to build on their impressive victory last Sunday. After the game, Stars head coach Simon Anderson gave me his thoughts on an incredibly hard-fought game. You know, we obviously met before the game um, against Buccaneers. Uh, you know, after the, the win against Stratham, you know, boys were in confident mood. And now I just wanted to make sure that we weren't too confident going in um, because, you know, you can take teams lightly and think it's just going to happen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that's kind of, as the game went on, we kind of just expected things to happen um, and they didn't. And, um, you know, I think they were buoyed by having the, the six players playing up from from the from the Raiders, you know, because they didn't have a game, so they were lent to them, and um, it was it was those that ultimately done the damage against us, you know. Five out of the six goals were scored by guys that are currently playing with the Raiders, you know. But um, you know, I just don't think we we came to play in terms, in the, especially in the third period. I thought we were carrying too many guys. Um, I don't think we're a good enough team to just have one line going. You know, our third line was the best on the night. Um, and it was just, uh, you know, we played the same guys that played against Stratton, the same 17 guys, you know, and, uh, you know, we thought that was that was going to work and it was the right thing to do. Um, and, yeah, I can't really put my finger on what went wrong yesterday, just that, you know, their big guys showed up, you know, the guys from the National League, um, and our big guys didn't show up. And, uh, you know, you have to in every game in this league, like I said before, it's a tough league, and if you don't come ready... Um, you're going to get beat, and um, you know it's proven again. We've been Victor playing at, at Streatham and winning there. So you know it's a tough league. You have to be ready every night. You know we'll dust ourselves down. We'll get ready on Wednesday, and uh, we've got a tough weekend this weekend with Solent and Streatham. And uh, 
yeah, boys need to, to bring it this weekend and we need to get back to winning ways. And after his side's victory, Bucks coach Jason Buckman gave his thoughts. Really pleased to see the guys get on the board with a home win against Oxford. Um, coming off the back of the Chelmsford win and having a weekend off was never going to be easy. Um, going up against an Oxford side full of confidence after their win against Streatham. Um, certainly the weekend gave us a chance for a couple of guys to come back from some niggling injuries. Um, so I felt confident going into the game with a full lineup. Um, we certainly showed large parts of the game we controlled. And uh, apart from two bad turnovers and a power play goal in the middle period, um, which made the game close, I felt like we had enough going into the third to uh, push on and, and, and get the win. And we proved that. Um, I think we, we outshot them 2-1 to one overall. So I think if it wasn't for Peter Cech... It, we could have easily got another two or three goals um but it was satisfying to see and uh yeah good win on the board after a home defeat to streatham slough headed round the m25 and up the m1 to face the mills and Keynes thunder who have been struggling to get their top players all in their roster but boasted a couple of mk storm youngsters making their step up to the nihl stage Slough took the lead early when Erskings and Hemmings Mayer combined to assist Jacob Minter even-handed on just 40 seconds for 1-0. Both sides had some penalty trouble in the first 10, but PK units did their job until Julian Smith sat for boarding on 10.57, and on the power play, Seb Moore and Jacob Minter assisted Captain Connor Redman on 11.57 for 2-0, power play goal. Into the second and a boarding by Lindgren caused a bit of a ruckus between English and an MK player, which saw penalties dished out, but MK having the one-man advantage. However, the feisty Jets, who are running away with shorthanded goals this season, got themselves another one when Bradburn assisted Liam Clark on 23-27, 3-0 shorthanded goal. Shortly after, it was four when good work from Christian Moore set up Adam Erskine for 4-0 on 25-41. Two minutes later, it was five when Jack Goodchild got in on the action on 27.31, assisted by Christian Moore and Connor Redman. On 30 flat, Charlie Ottowell, making his return to MK, got a holding penalty, and Cathcart slapped for slashing seconds later, giving MK a chance at five on three, but the Jets killed off both penalties. Christian Moore was picking apples again after Brian and Bradburn went for a tilly, Brian also taking two for boarding, so the power play unit pushed forward and Seb Moore made it 6-0 on 36-25, additional assists to Lindgren. The third saw the pace of the game drop and the Jets finished their task off after Julian Smith took two for slashing on 44-32, Jack Goodchild went unassisted on the power play on 46-02. 7-0 was the final score, a shutout from McGibbon, and we'll hear a bit more about Slough's weekend from Charlie Ottowell a bit later. The Riverside in Chelmsford as the Solent Devils are in town. And after having the Chieftains number last season going 4-0 against them, Alex Murray's boys were looking to avenge last week's 9-5 defeat and, make it, and made a good start of it after they took the lead. After Adam Lack took an early interference penalty, Harry Cloutman assisted Kane Russell to give the visitors their lead on 4-57 power play goal. The sentiment was returned after Devils captain Alex Cole got two for charging on 8.23. The Chieftains power play unit struck when Damon Porter and Grant Bartlett assisted Cameron Bartlett for 1-1 on 9.22. The Devils captain managed to avenge his penalty when Kane Russell and Alex Murray assisted Alex Cole on 15.13 to give the visitors a 2-1 lead. 
into the second and a slashing penalty for Mason Wilde saw the dangerous Chieftains power play boys out again and again they made the devils pay. Damon Porter, uh, Damon Porter and Jay King on the assists for Cameron Bartlett again for 2-2 on 25-53. The home side took the lead shortly after when Kane Russell got a two-minute penalty and on the power play, Cam Bartlett turned provider along with Damon Porter again for Grant Bartlett to rifle the puck home for 3-2 on 29-06. A brilliant second period from the Chieftains, which is not the norm at the Riverside. Clifford's new boys finally seem to be settling into their new home. Into the third and the Chieftains start on the penalty kill after Jay King's late tripping penalty on 39-24. A more even period, but the Chieftains extended their lead halfway through when great work from Pentecost saw Cameron Bartlett complete his hat-trick 4-2 on 49-18. Additional assist to Jay King. Towards the end of the game, Solent pulled the goalie in an attempt to force overtime, but a long-range empty netter from Grant Bartlett saw the victory confirmed for Chelmsford. Their performances have been better on the road so far this season, but hopefully for Lewis Clifford's boys, this is the start of Fortress Riverside. For the Solon Devils, yet to have a two-game weekend, which could be having a detrimental effect on Alex Murray's side getting into their rhythm. After the game, Alex Murray gave me his thoughts on a frustrating night's work in Chelmsford. Yeah, naturally disappointed with uh, the weekend's result. Um... Going into a 2-1 lead into the second, I felt like we were, you know, playing one in the game. And Chelmsford had, I think, you know, some good chances in that period. But I think we, you know, we played well and took our chance as well. Once on the power play, once on a delayed penalty. Um, and yeah, the second was a strange one. It's been a difficult period for us this year in general. But I don't think um, some decisions helped. There was a, you know, a face-off violation penalty that we 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 got, which. Uh, which made no sense at all, given the referee and you know was making a certain decision and then penalised us for it. But uh, you know we've spoken to them and tried to get some understanding on that. But ultimately that led to a a period of time where Chelmsford went on the power play and the likes of the Bartlett's, you know, they don't need many opportunities on those power plays and uh, they took their chance as well. And going in three two into the third, you know, the next goal was crucial and they got that and. Yeah, we pushed back a little bit at the end, but ultimately an empty net goal meant that they took a 5-2 win. And I was pretty impressed with some players. You know, Kane Russell played pretty well to like yesterday, man, deserved man of the match. Aaron bounced back really well in goal, but it leaves us on the wrong end of another defeat. And so this uh, this weekend we take on Oxford and we know that this is a really important game for us to keep us in that pack. Um, results this weekend have kept everyone pretty close. And I think, you know, win one or two or lose one or two, you could find yourselves jump or move, you know, four or five positions in this league. So we need to knuckle down this weekend and get ready for for Oxford and, and hopefully pick up the two points. On to the final game of the weekend as last year's league and playoff champions host last year's cup champions. The first period showed what a high-level game of hockey this was going to be, the very top of the NIHL one on display. And despite chances and penalties, Ryder and Milton came out on top. Into the second, and it was much of the same. Chances, penalties, a little tilly of sorts between Strawson and Painter, but both sides seemed to be cancelling each other out. Into the third, and the dynamo seemed to come with a sense of purpose, starting with the remains of a power play, after which Benny Lee Newman missed the sitter from the slot. But five or so minutes into the third, and the dynamos took the lead, when Mads Doon fed Harris between the circles, and he fired home for 1-0. The Moes pushed hard from the face-off to keep themselves on top and scored again quickly when Stano Laschek swept home from the slot for 2-0. 
The chances were coming thick and fast for the home side, but Owen Ryder was having an inspired evening and the Moes were always dangerous on the counter. Before the final minute, Milton was pulled for the odd man advantage, but they couldn't make it count and their misery was compounded when Stano Laszczek swept in an empty net goal after a neutral zone turnover. 3-0 the final score, a shutout for Ryder. Some late afters between Josh Lee Newman and Ruskin Springer Hughes, but all is calmed before the presentations as the Netties both take them out of the match beers. I'm sure Owen Ryder will thoroughly enjoy his. After an up-and-down weekend for the Londoners, Ben Painter gave me his thoughts. Yeah, we started the weekend off great. Um, we went into Slough, who are always a, a difficult team for us. They're young, they're fast, um, they're well drilled, and um, yeah, we we put on a, a real promising performance. We we battled all game. Um, I think we matched their work rate, which which is something they're always going to bring. So we 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 were, we were pleased in that department, and and we were clinical. We were calm on the park. We had we had different goal scorers up and down the lineup. Um, lots of fantastic individual efforts um and and then we we also bought in as a team and and we we played a, a solid game defensively and and transitioned up the ice up well and once we sort of found our feet in the game and we we grew in confidence and we had a we had a good spell where we 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 were very clinical and and then we we shut it down at the end to really tighten up at the back and and make sure that we we sort of finished the game off the right way so um was a was a was a, a very positive performance against a, a very good slough team that that are that are only getting better and better every every game they play. So, yeah, we were we were definitely pleased. Um, and then, uh, same as a couple of weeks ago, and another double header. We we didn't perform on, on the Sunday. Um, and Victor came in to to our barn where 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 in recent years it's not easy to win. And they they played they played a very good game. Um, and we just we just didn't turn up again. Um. So yeah, uh, not not very pleased from a from a coaching point of view. Um, there's lots of uh, lots of things we have to work on. Um, but first and foremost, I think we need to to get our our attitude our attitude where it needs to be and make sure we're turning up for full sixty minutes of games and and making sure we're making sure we're competing and and make sure that compete level is there because we we we've made we made a a bit of a meal of it on the Sunday and being shut out on home ice is is not good enough. Um, 3-0 scoreline, 2-0 with an empty net are at the end there. Um, if it wasn't for Danny Milton um, making some massive saves, would have would have been worse. So um, hats off to Danny. He had a he had a brilliant weekend um, and and played played his heart out on on Sunday. Really did sort of keep us in the game essentially. And I think we we need to sort of reflect a little bit off of it, learn from it, and and come back a bit stronger. Um, we've got we've got a, a tough couple of weeks. We'll go back to Oxford next week where. Obviously, we dropped points last weekend, um, and then we go into the weekend after that. We play Romford and Chelmsford, so we've got three big games coming up right here on the horizon that we really need to knuckle down and make sure we're we're, we're ready to go for. And after this incredible road win, Carl Lennon gave his thoughts to ZPG. We went into Streatham this weekend, uh, of course, sitting on a loss for the last two weeks, which served as extra motivation. We were not good not just against Lau when we lost, but the day before against Romford, we were poor. And honestly, we needed to be better. And so we really knuckled down these last two weeks on a few areas of our game that I thought could at least bring us some success um, if we could execute them well. And thankfully they did. The attitude, the application of the team was spot on from start to finish. 
Our compete levels were, were very, very high throughout the whole game. And that's exactly what I want from this team is to just work hard every single time they step on the ice and represent this club. And there's no question they absolutely did that this weekend. The, um, the game was quite cagey for the first two periods. I think both sides were pretty evenly matched. We had pretty much equal amount of shots in, in each period um, against each other. And between the second and third, I, I just honestly said to the lads, like, y- y- the game's there. If you want to take it, the game is there. And uh, they duly obliged. I mean, they upped the intensity levels in the third period. And then when Rich got his goal, which was fabulous, um, I think quite early on into the period, we just felt like we were going to be the team that grew in the in dominance. And Stano's goal only sort of solidified our position um, in that. And it really allowed us then to really lock up and, and focus on the de- defensive aspects of our games. Um, but don't get me wrong, I, I know we rode our luck a couple of times in, in the fixture. They had some close chances, but... I think the luck that we we had was through creation. You know, the hard work we did really put us in a in a good place there, and ultimately got the job done. Um, there was a number of standout performances across the game. I thought Owen Ryder was excellent in net. Um, he was really dominant, um, closing down all of their big shots, and and of course then as well, you know, keeping his net tidy and the boys around him too, supporting on that front. So. It was excellent, and, and I think defensively it was a sound performance, not just from the defence but also from the attack. We we forechecked well, we backchecked extremely well. Our zonal coverage was pretty good across the the, the the game as well. Although we had moments where we we had lapses, but generally speaking, for sort of ninety five percent of the time, it was it was bang on, and uh, I was dead proud of them all. They really stuck to the game plan, worked really well, and. Yeah, you know, I think we wanted it more than Streatham did yesterday, and I think ultimately that was what what got us the result. So dead happy about that. Um, you know, unfortunately we don't have a game next weekend, so we have to wait another two weeks now until we play. Um, but that's good; gives us four sessions now before the next um, next fixture at home to Oxford, and we know that they will present a, a challenge themselves. They've beaten last season's champions as well too. So they'll come to Invicta with, uh, I guess, some confidence based upon that. And again, uh, we'll have these sessions now to prepare for them and be ready to go um, come that game. So, yeah, really looking forward to uh, these four sessions with the boys and focus and um, to welcome Oxford. the first time to play them this year. So see what they're all about. And, um, and likewise, they'll get to see what we're about too. So, um, yeah, big, big, uh, big couple of weeks preparation come in and... A big game ahead. Now all the games are done with. Right now, it's time for this. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks Given Britain Division Player of the Week. This week's Zero Pucks Given Britain Division Player of the Week, then. Obviously, some of the Slough boys are flying. Owen Ryder also had an incredible shutout at Streatham. But with a hat-trick and one assist, the talismanic Chumpsford man Cam Bartlett takes the honours this week. ZPG, Britain Division Player of the Week, Cam Bartlett. A 
A huge thanks to Justin Wong for recording that little jingle there for the Player of the Week. Absolutely brilliant stuff. So yeah, Cam Bartlett, Player of the Week. Great performance. Great great result for the Chieftains as well this weekend. Right, let's get to our guest then. This lad uh, is a Bracknell junior. Played at MK Thunder. He's now with the Slough Jets. This is Charlie Otterwell. Because we all just want to be big rock stars and live in hilltop houses driving 15 cars. The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap. Well, I'll stay skinny because we just won't eat. And we'll hang out in the coolest bars and the VIP. Zero Pucks Given in partnership with Blades Belong on Your Feet and the Hockey Art Co. Welcome, Charlie Otterwell. How you doing, Steve, mate? I'm good, bud. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, mate. Really well. Little bit of an up and down weekend for Slough this weekend. Uh, obviously, the home defeat to Streatham on Saturday, and then you travelled up to former pastures and and got yourselves a seven nil win on Sunday. How was the weekend for you? Yeah, uh, I think, like you said, it was a very up and down weekend. Um, I think the first period for us on Sunday was good. Um, we just didn't bounce how we wanted to, and then you know, a pretty exciting Saturday. Obviously, obviously, it's a team that. You know they're they're getting stronger. They're getting there. It's a game for us where we look to bounce back and and, and build to push on to the next weekend. Yeah, there are. I think it's that sort of league this year. Just looking at the results, everyone's going to beat everybody. It's really competitive. Um, you yeah. look at Streatham Str- going to Oxford and getting defeated, and then getting shut out at home to to Invicta. But then you know Oxford go to Romford and get beat. I think it's just going to be one yeah. of those years, which is is brilliant for the game. It's making it so much fun to watch. Um, but you're it kind really of is. you're like the only new player really that's joined Slough this year, haven't you? And they've got quite yeah. a set, quite a settled room. How have you slotted in? Um, it's been really good actually with Slough. Um, it was really really easy move over. I've known like ninety eight percent of them since I was like six years old. So mm. it was a really easy transition over. I, I see Smiths every week at work. So it was just kind of jumped into conversation. Um and with work commitments it kind of made a lot more sense um to play somewhere that's twenty minutes from home. Mm. Yeah, I mean to give people a little bit of background that might not have seen. Um Charlie was with And then it was quickly sort of, have I gone out of sync? Uh, no, I just lost the volume for a second. Yeah. Good. Oh, no worries. Occasionally my equipment goes funny and I go out of sync. Okay. But, um, no worries. Yeah. So, and then yeah, Charlie was announced as MK and then it was quickly announced actually that Charlie wouldn't be staying with MK and then was announced with Slough. And because you are a Bracknell lad, aren't you? So I could imagine it was a yeah. logistical thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it, was, yeah it makes it a lot easier because I mean, from Bracknell, Milton Keynes is... Obviously, it's around the other side, one of the busiest cities in in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just getting home from training at like half twelve, one o'clock in the morning, and then being up for work the next day. Or same with game days, getting home late, and then being up the next day early for work. It's it's a lot. I would say a mental strain, but you're trying to fight through either a lack of sleep or you know your body's tired from work and games. So it was just finding a an easy solution for that, really. Yeah, so you were um you were a Bracknell junior, uh, obviously sort yep. of, you know fr- from that area. What what got you started in the sport? What got you into it? Uh, it was actually an old player who got me into it. Uh, Danny House, who used to play for the Bees and and the Hornets. Um, my mum, my family has been around the John Knight rink. Well, for my grandparents have been watching the Bees since thirty odd years ago. 
Um, yeah. So I was going to be around John Knight regardless. And then one of my mum's best friends, who's Danny's mum, just kind of gave me house his old kit and threw me on the ice. <clears throat> and that was it. it we were just diving. Did you take to it? There's no... Did you take yeah, to it quite naturally? Yeah, yeah I, I like to think so. I mean, getting out of the kinks early, you know, started off as a righty, wasn't comfortable, moved to a lefty. But apart from that, I thought I got into it fairly easy. That seems to be a, a bit of a strange thing, actually, because a lot of players appear sort of left-handed, but they're probably right-handed writers. Yeah. It's, it just yeah, seems yeah. sort of more comfortable to have the stick back to front, doesn't it? I was talking to one of the guys in the room about this the other day. They were like, I just don't get it. I feel like I should be a lefty because my strong hand's at the top. And I was, we were trying to figure it out. <laughs> so I just could not figure it out. <laughs> I don't think there's anything particularly orthodox about hockey anyway. So I kind of think you can just get away with playing it however you want to play it. Yeah, definitely. So if, uh, from your time at Bracknell uh, as a junior, you then had about four years out of the game. What what was behind that? Did you do a bit of travelling or? No, uh, to be completely honest with you, I went through a bit of a rough phase. Um, I struggled quite a lot with my mental health, so I thought it was best for me to take a step back and kind of take a break, um, take a couple of years to kind of reset my mind and get in a good place. And uh, once I got down to the ozone and obviously the lockdowns and everything had gone, um it was the literally i remember the day we put the ice back in it was i looked at danny myers i said to him, i said, I, I gotta play hockey again i said i'm back in that mindset now i'm in a good place and now i want to take that step back in yeah it's something that's become i mean it's always been a big thing for, for mm. me especially with men um i mean we're going through sort of october now coming to november which is men's mental health month we'll yeah. be doing a special episode with, with a couple of people you know, regarding that. And yeah. I think it's something like you say, for you to have actually taken that, that step. And at the, at the time, we're, we're talking, you what, 16, 15? Yes, 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, so for you to actually take that that sort of cognition and say, you know what, I'm, this isn't right, let me sort this first, and then yeah. I can go back to it. Because, I mean, now you've probably seen it as, as your medicine almost, I suppose. You know, the Yeah, 100%. The yeah, I, I think... In ways, it's been good. In other ways, you know, I am I am a couple of steps behind a couple of players. The game has changed a lot and it's continuously changing. So uh, I say I'm still finding my feet, but I'm finding my way into the game that's developing, you know, constantly. Mm. Yeah, fair play to you, mate, because you could have you could have just said, actually, you know what, I might try, you know, I might try NIHL too and just yeah. sort of ease myself in. But, you know, that might not have suited you one. So, yeah. To stay to stay up in this league and with a team that are so I mean, vigorous is probably the word reduced to surprise uh, describe Slough. They're just non-stop. The pace yeah. and the ferocity of, of everything they do. It definitely uh, raised my eyebrows on the first training session. <laughs> I bet the fitness levels are unreal amongst the lads, aren't they? Oh, I can't even describe it. Like that first training session, some of the stuff we were doing, I was like, whoa. Okay, you know, these guys are like five strides ahead of me. I'm like, I got a lot of work to do. But it's given me something to push towards. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about the Ozone, mate, because you do do quite a bit of stuff down there. So what's what's the crack with that place and what's your, your role within it? Uh, so I started off there as a steward. Um, so we opened just primarily as a training facility for hockey and figure skating. Uh, obviously then saw market for public skates, stuff like that. Um, I started there in the build. Um, you know, working with guys like Matt Ford and uh, Danny Myers, Zach Milton, and you know, that's just it's just a really good close family group. Um, 
and everyone's kind of always pushing each other to to get better there um and i've just kind of it's the same with getting back into hockey i've put myself in positions where i'm developing myself in uh what's the word my work what's called future of work i can't think of the exact word right now but you know (laughs) a career you know making a career out of it um getting better at different things like my coaching i'm coaching you know two three times a week and but i'm learning at the same time from danny and forty and Lockie. um so everyone kind of builds off each other to to help each other it's just a really good environment there yeah it's sort of like a, a three on three size ring isn't it yes have. yeah i think it's something and like it, it, 34 meters by 17 and is it the only one in the country it's the only training facility in the country yeah yeah, because that's um obviously with the lack of ice, particularly the arenas, you know that sort of thing. Because it, it's kind of on like an industrial state in Bracknell, isn't it? Yeah, we are. We're, we're not. We're like two minutes from where the John Nike Centre used to be, but it's yeah, right in the Western Industrial Estate. Yeah, see that kind of for me that that should spring a massive opportunity to people all over the country. I think if you've got an empty industrial unit on an estate, if you can get a sort of a, you know three on three size rink in there. Yeah, and then you're just creating so many more opportunities for, especially young players, to get oh, ice yeah. time. So I think Colin, Colin Booth's done a bit of stuff with you, isn't he? The MG One Elite. Yeah, he's training. down. Yeah, he's down. I think every Friday, and he's wicked to have around. Some of the stuff he does is just it's mind blowing. I see some of it on social media or when I'm at the rink, and I'm like, my brain doesn't work that fast. Maybe I have to help him <laughs> with him. <laughs> um, yeah, but certainly, it's wicked. certainly innovative. It's innovative yeah. what he's doing. It's um. When he was on here a couple of weeks ago, we were, I was waxing lyrical about everything that he does. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously with the lack of facilities, the the need for off-ice training is is just getting greater and greater. And the mm-hmm. fact that you, he's teaching people how to, to, to transfer it from, from, from off the ice to on the ice. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant stuff. It's brilliant stuff. And I think it's what the country needs to bring these, these, you know, younger groups through. It's, it always surprised me when I first started watching ice hockey in the UK how young everyone is. Yeah, you know, you yeah. get a few, you get a few players that have been been around for ages and they just love playing the game. But mostly, you know, it's anywhere between sixteen and twenty three, really. All these young, young lads. Yeah, and it's yeah, fantastic stuff. And I, I gotta, I gotta say, I think, I think it's gonna lean more to that way of being younger. And then I reckon, like, I don't know, maybe in the next two, three years, I think we're gonna be looking at an even younger game especially like NHL 2, NHL 1. I mean, I've been lucky enough with the coaching I do at the Ozone, seeing some of these kids that are coming through and how they progressed from two and a half years ago to where they are now. I think these kids are going to go NHL 1, National Elite, quick if they keep putting in the work they are at the moment. Some of the talent you see is just unbelievable. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's people I've spoken to that that think that the, the talent in this country is is unreal. You know, because yeah, compared to you know other countries in the world, so obviously it's not a massive sport in Great Britain. You never really see Great Britain up in the, I mean they're up in the top group now for the you know the World yeah. Championships, and certainly both men and women will be looking to push for the Olympics. But yeah, the talent in this country is brilliant, and now it's getting an outlet through small training rinks like the Ozone. The the amount that the league is getting a bit of publicity from you know yeah. all sorts of places, you know, including little little people like me. Yeah, people it's only going to make it better and would you like to see i think i discussed this with with uh four thousand accountants nikki watt last year do you think we need to see some sort of exception rule 
to the Chelmsford rule. How how do you mean, well, sorry? Well, because obviously the Chelmsford rule means you, you've got to be over 16 to play senior hockey. Uh, I think but, well, I think that's a general league rule. Um, mm. So I, I think we've got a couple of 16s on our team, um, you know, who are wicked and they're coming through. I think I, I think 16 is a good age for them to come into the league because they're, they're experienced enough with kind of getting that pace in then under 16s and under 18s. Um, it's just that physicality level, you know, can they take that physicality from those tougher guys like Chancellor or Stratham and Victor? They've got to be able to take those hits. Mm. But obviously, I think as a blanket, I, I agree with you. I think 16 is right. But I, th- I think there's probably certain players that, you know, 14, 15, they could handle it and they're ready. Yeah. But, but they yeah, can't I... do it. That's where I think possibly just an exception. But the thing is then, they need to be identified. How can they be identified? Yeah, definitely. And who who decides, you know, who's going to get accepted for? So it's a bit of a minefield. But there there is some lads. I mean, I've been to see the Chelmsford young lads a couple of times, and they've got some players in there that you think, man, they'd rip it up at NHL one now. Yeah, but we have we're a... seeing it from seeing it from Romford, like Brindley Caps and Joe Tamale. Yeah, they're, they're running games for them. Two sixteen-year-old lads, and they're running the yeah. games. Yeah, we've got a couple of Chelmsford lads come down and train at the Ozone on Friday night, and you're just looking at thinking these kids are the future of you know the next the, the next game, the next step up of of British hockey. You think yeah. they're taking it at their level? What are they going to be like when they get to NHL one or National League? They're they're just gonna they're gonna once again change the games. Unfortunately for those older guys, it's going to get a lot quicker and a lot more skill based. Do you feel like there's a path? Obviously, I mean, for, for yourself, it might not be, you know, an ambition for you to perhaps play national or elite. But do you feel like some of the the youngsters that you see at the Ozone that you might be, be coaching, they believe that they can do this, get through their, their junior setup, 16, start playing one or two, couple of years, play National League. And then by the time they're 20, hit the Elite League. Is the path there? Not yet. No, I, I, I don't think so right now. Um I think you've got to look, uh, you've got, I think we were talking about it yesterday after the, after the MK game. You go to somewhere like Finland or Sweden, or let's say the U S states as as an easy example, let's say NHL is our elite league. The AHL is our, our national league and et cetera. Right. They all kind of go Mm -hmm. through each other. I I can't, I don't know the AHL teams very well, but I think you've got the, is it the Marlies something? Toronto yeah, for the Marlies. Leafs, yeah, you got the yeah, you got the Marlies, you got the um like the Providence things for the Bruins and Yeah. I I just don't yeah. think the teams over here have that connection yet between each league. I think there's too much separation between Elite League and National and then mm. National to NHL one, it's a bit better, but I like what you know, what uh Sheffield have done. They've linked their national yeah. and their, their elite league. And then they've got is it the Skimitars in NHL two? Yeah. So see, that's a clear path, isn't it? And I, I think all the teams should be should be doing it like that. Yeah, I as think you said, the the, Ameri- the American model works. Yeah. It's been going for years. It works. Yeah, you know, and and one of your former teammates has gone to Finland, actually, Vinny Graziano. Yeah, he's doing speaking. really well out there. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, doing he? really well out there. Yeah, as, uh, do you speak regularly with him? Is he enjoying like the way of life out there? <sighs> Unfortunately, I don't speak to him too much, but I see his stuff on social media from his from his old man or or himself on Instagram. Um, 
I think, you know, he's a really good young goalie and the training he's going to get over there, if he decides to come back or take it further, he's going to develop his game so well. He He's going to be an exceptional goalkeeper. Yeah, I thought when I saw that come up in the summer, I thought that's that's a good move because he it really was. He was always. I mean, some of the <clears> troubles that MK had last year, obviously short a lot of the time, took a couple of pummelings, which doesn't do confidence any good. <sighs> yeah, but he was sometimes like he was sort of saving the team from a pummeling on his own. Yeah, I mean, big time. Like we played, we played him against Slough last year a couple of times. Uh, I think we went to overtime in one of them. It was a close 3-2 game in Slough, one of them, and he was in the net and he really stood on his head. He's a really good young goalkeeper who he's got a really uh, clear, uh, what's the word? Clear, clear, good, uh, oh, career ahead of him. Yeah. <laughs> a work future. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with you, mate, and the, and the way you play, are you a particularly sort of superstitious player? Is there anything you do game day that's uh, a little bit on the weird side? Not crazy. Um, I, I just, the normal, listening to music, sometimes going to sit out rinkside and just take a look at whether it's a public scale or a junior game or there's empty ice. Just go out, take a look have a minute or two out there to look at the ice pad and envision what's going to happen in the game and players, you know, just envisioning the game. And then just little bits like uh, hyping the boys up in the changing room. I like standing by the door and being loud, letting the boys know I'm there and giving them some energy as they're heading out to the ice pad at each period. Um, there's a couple of things I tried last year. I haven't taken into this year. It's just different things. I do one game. I go, Oh, that works. Um, little water squirts with the water bottle during warm up and stuff like that, and nothing crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now some of the superstitions, uh, people struggle to keep track, wouldn't they? I suppose. Like, oh god, I forgot to do that. I mean, yeah. I Matty, Tur- Matty Turner is at Chelmsford last year, and I spoke to him. He's like the king of superstitions. Everyone else yeah. is involved in them. Yeah. To, to get them, to get them right for him. So yeah. The, um, with the music in the Slough room, because when Chrissy Moore was on here a few weeks ago, he's he's country man. He likes yeah. his country rock and roll. Are you the same? Is it pretty much all that all day long in the room? Yeah, uh, the room's very. It, it changes. I got to be honest with you. The change of room music. It started off a bit odd. I don't even know what the music was. Now it's kind of moved to like pump up and I don't know what they call it, like EDM or something. I don't know. Um, I myself, I'm these days. Yeah, <laughs> I, I prefer country and rock, um, like ACDC and uh, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen. Um, that's kind of what I listen to on the way to the game, just to get myself close eyes and mindset ready for, for the game. Yeah, it's something that quite, I think there's certain, certain groups of hockey players where it's it's country music, it's mullets and it's moustaches. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, like it, it's like it's not just a style, it's a way of life, being a hockey yeah. player is a way of life. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I think it kind of it gives you a pass to have messy hair and a beard, and it definitely and just sort does. Of do as, do as you have you ever gone just stash, or has you always keep a bit of beard? Uh, I did November with the Thunder last year. I can't say it was my best look. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a brave man that pulls it off. I think Jack Goodchild's rocking one at the moment, isn't he? It's a. He's a guy that pulls it off, though. I, I think, in my opinion, he can. I he's had it for uh, quite a while, I think. So I think everyone's used to him having it now. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there's many people rocking it. And uh, has he ever even heard of Tom Selleck? Probably not. Nah. Uh, do you know what? No. Actually, 
me and Fordy were talking about this the other day, I think. And and he showed me a picture because I didn't know who he was. And we had a good crack about that. I've yet to talk to Jack about it, though. Yeah, I sometimes forget how old I am, actually. And <laughs> well, t- talking to the guys your age and referencing people like Magnum PI, and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, always forgetting how old I am. So with your um, number 59 at Slough, anything behind that? Or was it just, uh, just one that was available? No, once again, that's Danny House. Um someone I've always been really, really close to. Um, he played 59, so that was kind of my go. I had a – obviously, there's people who have got the numbers already, like uh, Tom Carlin was 23 or 40 was 16. Some guys have already got those. Um, but t- typically, 59's not really taken, and it's Danny, someone I've always looked up to, whether it's in the rink or I've worked with him or just been around him. Um, so that's the kind of go-to with the number. Nah. That's cool. That's cool. When you, something I've always wanted to ask one of you, and I've never really got around doing it, doing the uh, the national anthem before every game is yeah. it's kind of a funny thing. You know, not many other sports do that. Um, boxing typically just before world titles, football only really, internationals and whatnot. Do any of you actually sing it? Oh, funny enough, yeah. <laughs> um, I got to. <laughs> Timo stands next to me and, and he sings it. Uh, I mouth it. And I think someone else, maybe Roman said that he sings it, uh, Cathcart. Uh, I just mouth it out myself. But yeah, but yeah it, it, it took me by surprise a little bit. It's the first time I've heard someone on the blue line sing it. I kind of took a little look. I was like, okay. <laughs> There's always a few mumbles in the crowd. Like a few people like mm, just humming along maybe with it. Yeah. But it's um it's amazing how quickly you get used to it. Like when I first started coming, I was like, "What every game?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just get so used to it now. As soon as everyone's at the blue line, it's like hat yeah. off, up we get. Do you it's know like, what I was? Yeah, I... I was thinking about this earlier today about like lining up for the national anthem and everything, and I never really realised it. But now that I thought about it, it feels really awkward skating up to that blue line. Yeah, it's it's just like this, like slough, right? We're, we're doing good crowds at the moment. And they call your name out and you're skating up. You just think, this is really awkward. I, I just feel awkward skating up. But this is something I, I spoke I spoke with Chris about, that you're kind of like, I mean, you, you know, you're all young men, but you come to your weekend and you're just going to play the sport that you love. But you might have, you know, six, 700 people in that rink that that's all week. They're just looking forward to getting to the rink and watching their hockey team. Yeah. Because so I spoke to Chris about, like, you know, the mental struggle of that. Because I think that's, as you say, with the young kids coming through, yes, they've got to deal with the physicality. Yes, they've got to deal with the speed. Can they mentally deal with having to perform in front of hundreds and hundreds of people? Yeah. um, It's a tough one. At Milton Kings, I was able to adjust to it really quickly because, unfortunately, we didn't get many people come and watch those games. A lot of it's parents. Yeah. Yeah. They have the drums. Enormous rink, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've dealt with it quite well myself. I tend to block out, and I can't. Uh, someone was saying to me, "Oh, do you hear that song they were playing?" I was like, "I tend to block out the music and the the, the crowd noises and who's watching." It's it's me on the pad with with nine other guys. Um, I think everyone has a different way of maybe blocking it out on it or how they work on it. But for me, it was pretty easy just to sound it out and focus on the game. Yeah. Yeah, so now you're um, so you've, you've had your, your little break. You've got yourself in a much better space for you. You're back now, playing nice and local to home. 
what's the plan? What's the plan for the next few years, for Charlie Otwell? Uh, I'd like to stick it out with Slough. I know their ambitions and where they want to go. Um, I really like their, I really like their drive to succeed at Slough. Um, like I said, I played under Smiths before at Juniors. I played with the guys there, so it's a really familiar group, and I like what we work for. Um, so I'd like to stick it out with Slough and work with them um, to develop mm-hmm. my game and maybe take it up to that next level. Uh, obviously, fitness big thing. Get there with my fitness. Um, and if the opportunity arises with Slough, then I'll I'll continue on with them up to, uh, you know, winning the league here and maybe taking it further if that's an ambition. Yeah, no, brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Do you like Do you like the the gym, or is it just just really no. like on ice training you prefer? You're not a fan. <laughs> um, uh, I I go to the gym. I don't like it. Um, a lot of the times I actually tend to just do home like home workouts. I got a thing that I follow. I've got on my phone. Um, yeah. I prefer doing that. I'm not big on, it's fine. I'm not big on big crowds of people. Um, uh, but at least they're all behind the glass. Eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in the gym, I don't know. I just, it's not a comfortable space for me. So I enjoy, I enjoy home workouts a bit more. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people have kind of gone that way through COVID because it was kind of a force to then really, wasn't it? And yeah, I think a lot of people found a bit more comfort in doing things at home and a bit more variety with what they could do at home. Yeah. I mean, for hockey, you're talking, you're talking an awful lot of legs, aren't you, for hockey? Yeah. You can do, you know, body weight, calisthenics. There's, you know, there's loads you can do at home to sort of keep yourself up in, in the good condition. Yeah. So, but yeah. No, I must admit. I mean, I do see see, see pictures of some of the guys in the gym across the NIHL, and they they do some of them love it, really love it. There's one guy I take some stuff off. Um, if I do go, there's uh, Sam Line. Uh, he's playing over. I think he's playing for Northwood over in the states. I don't really know. He comes yeah. over and trains here in the summer at the Ozone, and that guy is like, he does his own fitness thing. He puts workouts there for people and. Uh, I follow his Instagram and he's wicked to follow off because he's all year round. He's in, he's in great shape and it, it just shows on the ice. Um, so I, I look at his stuff online and use what I can there to help myself. Yeah, that's wicked, man. That's wicked. Do, you, uh, do you follow the NHL? The National League? Not too much, no. No? Uh, not not massively. I used to go and watch the bees every weekend back at uh, John Nike Center with my grandparents. Um, occasionally, I'll keep up with the scores. Like uh, after, obviously, we play on a Sunday in the car journey home. I'm looking at what's going on around the league. Um, yeah. See, I do like keeping up with what the bees are doing. Um, it's it's a you know like a home comfort, but like you know I've grown up with them, so it's something to look for. Mm. And now, obviously, it's all in the same rink, and it? it's, it's <laughs> yeah the closure of the John Nike. It's all over there. So, anything yeah. in America? Do you follow follow any team over there? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Pens fan. I like watching the Penguins play. Um, yeah, I'm hoping they can kind of pull something off this year because last year was kind of crappy. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done a hockey camp abroad? I have not, but I was looking to do one next summer. Um, I was speaking to Chris about this actually on Friday. Um, I was speaking to him about going over to Czech or, or somewhere in Europe to do a camp. Yeah, because I think it just kind of it broadens horizons, doesn't it, for an awful lot of people? Yeah, and they're hardcore over there, so I can't get away with anything. 
<laughs> no, no. Any, anywhere over that area of Europe. I mean, when I spoke to Stano last year, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, they're, they're so brutal over there that when he, he got, he went back home for Christmas and when he was drunk, his nan dragged him in the bathroom and cut his beard off. They're brutal <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, so it's something I'd like to, I'd like to do next summer. Uh, when the season's over once again it's like saying keep it up with the game how it's developing if I can then take my game to the next level then that's if that's what I've got to do then that's what I'm going to do mm. and that'll also improve your coaching as well <laughs> if you're taking your game to the next level yeah exactly that excellent Charlie Otterwell <laughs> thank you so much for your time and joining me on Zero Pucks Given it's been a really great great chat with you great catch up um, having a great season so far with Slough uh, long Thank may it you. continue until until you come to the riverside, of course. So then I, I will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what future holds, huh? <laughs> nice one. Cheers, Charlie. Thank you very much. Have a lovely evening, bud. A massive thank you to Charlie Otterwell for joining me on the podcast. It's really good to get to know some of these young lads that we're all cheering for on a weekend. Find out they're great hockey players, but they're just normal lads as well. You know, really good laugh. Nice, nice to get sort of getting a little bit deep with Charlie as well there on his little break from the game because it's it's a real big thing to admit that you're not quite in the right headspace and you need to take some time off. So massive big ups to Charlie for doing that there. So let's find out what's coming up next week. Fixtures for next week then. Saturday sees a couple of Britain Division games in the league slash league cup set up as the Slough Jets host the Romford Buccaneers for a 6.30 face-off at the Hangar, and the Solent Devils host the Oxford City Stars for a 5pm face-off in Gosport. Watch the road closures on the A3 if you're heading down to the Devils' Cauldron this weekend. Sunday sees the Oxford City Stars look to repeat their last home victory as the Stretton Redhawks are in town. Make sure you get your tickets in advance for that one. In what is a double-header weekend for Slough, they head to the Sapphire to take on the Buccaneers in a 5.15 face-off on Sunday. Watch your ULEZ and congestion charge depending on which way you go. Check your vehicle at um, any of the TFL Gov websites. And the Chelmsford Chieftains will head up to the Thunderdome to take on former captain Julian Smith and the wildly inconsistent MK Thunder in a 6.45 face-off. There will be a stream for that, but make sure you get the official one. A massive thanks to all the coaches for providing their coaches' thoughts. A huge thank you to Charlie Otterwell for joining me as well. Next week, we're getting in the pipes with Stretton Redhawks netty Danny Milton. As well as all the match reports and the other regular bits, you won't want to miss it. So make sure you're following and subscribing on all of the social medias and the YouTube so that you don't miss anything at all. And don't forget to check out hockeyartco.co.uk and use the code ZP10 to get a 10% discount off everything site-wide and hoping to have a big guest announcement in the coming weeks as well. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Spotify for Podcasters. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. You can follow on all the social medias. It's at Zero Pucks Given for YouTube and Facebook, at Zero Pucks Given Podcast for Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, at Zero Pucks Pod on X, and Ben Hyde ZPG on Snapchat. Follow us on all of those and you will not miss a thing. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.